Welcome to Ball vs. Life, a podcast where your hosts, JC and Jack, discuss NorCal vs. SoCal perspectives, the Bay vs. LA. Thanks for tuning in. Let's roll. Ball vs. Life is finally back. It's been a minute, right, JC? Yes, sir, man. We had a little bit of an unexpected hiatus. Uh, due to some technical difficulties, but mm. we're back, we're back, and we are back in session. We've actually recorded two previous episodes that weren't able to release because of, as you said, technical difficulties. But you know what? They're lost episodes for now. But we'll recap some of the the content that we wanted to <laughs> to uh, put out there. It was it was good stuff too. It was really good stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'll still just hurting. Bu- yeah, dude, I'll just bust open the you know the the secret like we had two guests actually we you know we lined up you know two of our friends al and uh, Janook, to talk about two very very different things we had a mm-hmm. long spirited discussion about like the card hobby which we discussed last year and it's kind of you know continued to blow up with al and card pros and virtual pros and mm-hmm. then we talked about fatherhood with uh, mm-hmm. Janook, who recently um became a dad um his wife gave birth what about a month ago or even more mm-hmm. at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, so you we know, still plan was... to bring them back on. So you know that's a good teaser. You know there'll yeah, be, yeah. there'll be more content with those two. We, we're not going to give up on it. But yeah. but let's move let's move forward. We got somebody waiting in the wings. You know we don't wait too long. We obviously you know have a guest on today, and he's our good friend David. He's been on the podcast before a cup. I mean it's been it's been a while. I think it's been a couple months. He recorded and talked about the, talked about the Lakers the last time he came on. So welcome, David. Welcome, buddy. So guys, thanks for having me back. Yeah, yeah dude. Man. Yeah, it's welcome been a while. Yeah. Yep, yep. How you doing, man? Uh, hang in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, just uh, taking it chill. I mean, with the COVID going on and everything, just uh, just uh, taking it day by day. Well, let's give some context. I mean, last time we brought David on as a guest, but he is my high school friend. Obviously, JC, we've been friends for many years, many years and you know David well through me. Um, mm-hmm. And he's my homeboy. He's like my running partner. Back in the day when when I was a kid, we've been friends for years and we still play basketball. Not this past year, but we <laughs> we have been playing <laughs> basketball through the years. And JC, you've been with us before, obviously. So this is the trifecta right here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a, it's a... The running gun squad, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, JC, why don't you tell uh, us what we've been talking to David about <laughs> these past, this past couple of weeks, two weeks, three weeks? I don't even know. <laughs> yeah, dude, it's been, I don't even know how long it's been. But it's, w- what's funny is after that episode with Al, um, mm-hmm. where we talked about like the, the hobby business, um, I started getting really into it because I actually went... <laughs> into like a hobby shop and I kind of you know dropped a little bit of fun just to you know get my feet wet get my my lips uh uh wet with the uh with the hobby of collecting mm-hmm. basketball cards once again and and born out of that is we started like ripping some packs uh mm-hmm. online uh via IG live um so you know I thought you know I thought it was going to be fun to do it with you guys just to kind of share the the experience of the nostalgic experience of being mm-hmm. able to open up NBA cards. 
and it just started to I don't know, man. It's kind of just steamroll and just started to became an avalanche. Escalate. Yeah, basically. <laughs> ever since then, I feel like you know, ever since that time I went with Al, which is about a little bit of about a month ago, I was a complete noob. It's, I still am a noob. We all mm-hmm. are, but mm-hmm. I feel like I've learned so much within that time frame, and. Um, you know, David has been really intrigued uh, with, with with the process, just because we. I mean, we all woke, uh, we all grew up with, uh, you know, with collecting basketball cards, mm-hmm. man. So there's a certain kind of, you know, a, a memory that's being triggered uh, by doing all of this, and we all had mm-hmm. our respective collections, and mm-hmm. I mean, here we are. <laughs> Yeah, actually, yeah. Da- David uh, shared his collection with us recently. We have uh, like uh, another chat going with us three, and it's, dude, you you dug up your old collection, and it's just cool to see. I don't know the, the nostalgia going down memory lane. And David, you can kind of let us know, like, how was it going down memory lane, man? I mean, you really dug up a collection that was what at least ten years old. Yeah, I mean, ever since I heard uh, that that part you guys put out about <laughs> about <laughs> about all the basketball cards, you know, made me made me uh, excited about it once again. Uh, yeah, because, you know, we were all into it, like you said, mm. uh, back in the days, right? In high school and even middle school, I think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so ever since you guys dug yours out, I <laughs> I spent time <laughs> and, uh, you know, dug out my pile too. And, you know, found some uh, pretty interesting cards. I didn't know. <laughs> I thought it was just, you know, probably worthless. But nowadays, who you never know, right? <laughs> yeah, dude. And and we also kind of talked to you about grading the cards, kind of gave you some insight yeah. on it. And again, we're noobs, okay? Yeah, a lot of yeah, our information too. we're just starting to gain right now. And through Al, our, our good friend Al from Card Pros and Virtual Pros, he's kind of like our our vet and we're the rookies and he's showing us the ropes a little bit. Pretty much. Yeah, and he's he's we kind of introduced uh, David into this world a little bit, you know, again, we're <laughs> rookies teaching a rook. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like, we're like two second years teaching a rookie. So we don't know anything either, but yeah, so, da- David's all been all in. You know what? Just to kind of make everyone feel better about it. It's just like after that time that I went with out to the hobby store, it, which was a really surreal experience. Cause I feel like I haven't been at a place like that for, you know, 20 mm. years, 30 years, even, um, I went to a hobby store independently of, of Al just because I got the itch Uh-oh. already right at that point. <laughs> and like I was talking to the, the the owner of the card shop and they were very nice. I was just like, yeah, man, it's, you know, it's been a long time since I've, uh, I've, I've been back. I actually pulled out, you know, these crusty ass binders that are, you know, <laughs> underneath all of my kids toys and whatnot. And the guy said, you know what? It's never too late to come back. You know what I mean? It's like Mm. it it was a very welcoming vibe, at least, that I got from the local card shop that I I was in. So it actually kind of made me feel at ease that there Mm. really isn't, uh, you know, sort of like a profile that you have to have to be able Mm -hmm. to get into this. I think all of us have our own kind of stories and experience with sports in Mm -hmm. general. And... I think that's actually a really great starting point compared to a lot of folks that are just getting into the hobby just for the money of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Well, so, the, the money thing has definitely brought a lot of people back, even oh, old yeah. collectors. Like for me personally, I, I collected cards not for the money, but when you look at some of the values of these cards, that's why I dug up my collection really, <laughs> just to see if I had anything valuable. I, I wasn't even thinking I would sell it. It's just more like, shoot, am I holding on anything that's like, some you know you see these wild things on the internet like a kobe yeah. rookie being sold for like a, a a mill or something like that it's it's insane to think that 
any card that we have could even be worth a thousand dollars even you know what i mean like i let alone more that's that's the wild thing now that people are like digging up their old decks or yeah. old all the uh, collection i mean speaking of crusty ass binder I, I saw David had a pretty crusty ass binder. Yeah, I think my uh, protective sheets are all falling apart already. The cards were we're not we're not being held inside anymore. Be yeah. honest, David. Were you a little were you a little worried that digging up your collection, a lot of the cards might be damaged, the Definitely. valuable ones? Definitely, I was worried. That's why I dug it out. <laughs> it's yeah. never too late to protect it, right? Yeah, you mentioned that you were only able to get um, like your your replacement sort of storage solutions right now so yeah how 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 has it been have you had a chance to actually kind of you know organize i know you're busy with your you know your own family life you know so what's up what's the status with that man uh no i I haven't had time to go and you know put it back in the in the protect uh uh, protective sheets and all that Mm -hmm. yet but you know uh, i got everything ready to go just whenever (laughs) i actually find time Nowadays, look, look uh, da- to, David. To go do it. He, he messaged me and he was like, "You want to split the Amazon pack for the? Was <laughs> <laughs> it? It's what is it called? The top loader? Or yeah, the top, top loader? loader. Yeah. And I was like, "Yeah, man, let's split it." <laughs> yeah, because like, I mean, it was like a hundred pack or something. We can split fifty. Dang, dude! Wow. I don't know. Was it? Was it that? I forgot. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, it was a hundred because you know at that time I was I was getting ready to you know score some more uh, packs right at the yeah. stores, but. <laughs> Never, I didn't know how hard it is nowadays to have to get one, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, JC, intro us into that. Intro us into it's that. A good, it's actually a good segue to talk about yeah. <laughs> how the hobby has changed. Because back in the day when we used to, you know, grab packs, mm-hmm. there are different different ways to be mm-hmm. able to get them. I mean, uh, they were much more affordable, I'll tell you that, and mm-hmm. there was much much more accessible. And it seems like at least through, what, three or four years ago, that was still the case. There was a lull period with the collecting uh, or, or the, with, mm-hmm. with with card collecting and mm-hmm. collecting in general. Mm-hmm. But now, dude, it has been crazy. Mm-hmm. We have been talking about this on the group chat. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, getting packs for any sport, mm-hmm. but the NBA in particular, NBA cards. Mm-hmm is crazy man like people camp out mm-hmm. you know at targets um mm-hmm. it, you know w- in the wee hours of the morning there are like crazy wait lists mm-hmm. like people are just like buying up whatever is available bottom line it's impossible to get a pack yeah and uh, i think david has uh, <laughs> attempted <laughs> to do this <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> every time we, we start talking about it. I know, I know. I tried. I tried, uh, you know, I, I attempted a couple of times to try mm-hmm. to get one, but man, it is tough. It is tough. David so, David fell for the, the old trap when you go online and you check the stock. You go on Walmart or, or Target and it says in stock, in store, and you're like, <laughs> oh, shoot, maybe I'll go, but it's all a sham, man. They don't update yeah. their systems. That's yeah. bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I got to start somewhere, right? That was, that was step one, but... After that, I got in, started talking to the employees a little bit, you know, mm-hmm. try to get some insider info there. Oh, there you go. So, you know, but but still, it still is tough. It's still tough. Yeah, so what so. have what have they been telling you? We've we've seen a couple of things online, but what was your personal experience? Um, well, I talked to some people at Target. They were mm-hmm. just saying that they they kind of do like a virtual wait list now, mm-hmm. um, where you have to go in every every day when when they open. And uh, they'll notify you if the cards actually get restocked that day. 
then you will get, you know, like what five minutes to wow. to five confirm minutes, that you're gonna show up or something <laughs> like that. But you know, but you have basically has you have to go back to the store right right yeah. away, or else people that are waiting in line are just gonna buy up everything. Yeah. So it kind of helps, kind of not. But I mean, you know, if when I mean well, whoever is working, you know, or has has a regular job, it's almost impossible to yeah. wait around to get it yeah. to get a pack, right? Yeah. yeah. It's it's interesting that they've uh, employed this. It just tells you how crazy the mm-hmm. market is right now that they actually have to have this sort of wait list with like a five minute return period. Mm-hmm. Like you really have to be on standby. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? To be able to even have a chance to buy the packs. Uh, and I don't know, man. It's like when you went, were there other people that were kind of searching for packs as well? Like, you know, like, how was it? Do you just go to like any random person that's stocking? Do you go to customer service? Like, what's the deal? Yeah, Target, you go to customer service. Mm-hmm. I think it's a manager there. So I thought he'd probably give me more legit mm-hmm. intel than, mm-hmm. than just a stalker, right? <laughs> so, but I mean, I went to a Walmart too. I mean, this is just all empty shelves. I mean, everything Man. from from baseball to basketball to football to even Pokemon. Um, I think the only thing left was like magic cards surprisingly but yeah um that and just like a couple of you know protector sheets that was that was it everything else is just empty boxes just to kind of give a little bit of background as to why uh why target and walmart um are the places to go Mm -hmm. and people are kind of really buying all this up is just because they're selling it at retail price yeah so a pack would generally cost like uh, a pack with eight cards, for example, NBA hoops is mm-hmm. gonna cost you maybe what two bucks, two mm-hmm. fifty mm-hmm. at the most for retail. Um, you know, maybe a fat pack would cost you maybe like six or seven dollars, and then that like pack a bla- has 30, 30 cards. Yeah, thirty yeah. cards. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And then a blaster, which is pretty much like a a box with like maybe like eight packs, mm-hmm. cost you about like what twenty bucks, twenty five dollars, something around that range. Mm-hmm. Um, and the resale for these is crazy. Yeah. Like, you, you know what I mean? Like, I would say easily three times, four times wow. the yeah. retail price is yeah. what you would need to pay, uh, you know, at resale. And when I say resale, um, that's eBay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure there's, I mean, it's like a crazy, crazy market right now. They have like discords where they do like box breaks. Wow. I'm sure there are like forums on Reddit where you can buy and sell, offer up, you yeah. know, Craigslist, you name it. Like people are selling these things. Uh, and that's actually relatively on the cheaper side. Mm-hmm. Just because mm-hmm. of, from my experience, I went to the actual hobby shop, uh, you know, mm-hmm. basically like a card store. Mm-hmm. You know, and, you know, and like I really got sticker shock when mm-hmm. they told me about the price of like a box. Like it was literally like $500, if not $1,000 for oh. a box of cards. Ooh. Like for me, my expectation coming in, it was just like, OK, you know what? 50 bucks, 75 bucks mm-hmm. for a box. Hell no, dude. It was like Damn. 10x for that. So um, there- well, they were actually more expensive than the than the eBay. Oh, if the, than eBay, from my experience, wow. my very limited I'm experience shocked. with that. Yeah. Um, mind you, that hobby places kind of have like a different sort of like inventory line. Like, actually, mm. whatever you can get from like retail packs is a little bit different from hobby. Mm. That's what I've learned in this past month that I've been kind of 
getting back into the hobby mm. it's just like um i guess there's more like inserts or like special oh. releases that you can get mm. So, like, the ones for NBA hoops that you see where John Morant is on the cover, that's retail. But, like, the hobby is the one with LaMelo Ball oh, interesting. on the cover. Mm-hmm. So, you can actually... Mm-hmm. It's, like, a different kind of channel to get different cards. Like, you can still get the same base cards. Mm-hmm. But, I guess, hobby is more, like, a specialized, you know, like, a, for the hardcore collector, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, but the prices for resale, like, I mean, when I asked it, I got sticker shock. But everybody else in the shop was just, like, what... Why, like, what? Mm. What's wrong with you? Like, where you been? You know what I mean? That's like, 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 like that's what it it has been. So, needless to say, the resale is what's kind of driving up like this demand for Mm. you know for the cards. Not only for people who just want to get the cards, period, but resellers seeing it's an opportunity to monetize Mm. on on their time. Right. So, needless to say, it's nearly impossible. I actually felt like it's easier to get the COVID vaccine than the cards itself, bro. <laughs> it's so interesting because there's, again, this market has been around forever, but now it's hot now. And so much content is actually being created from it too because it's such a hot market. You have people who are on IG or people who are streaming on Twitch, opening packs, ripping wax, essentially. Yeah. And it's the thrill of it. It really is when you see people hit on these like amazing cards it's you get there's this high that you get even watching it there's this high that you get it's like hitting the lottery in a way and yeah some of these cards obviously are not worth millions of dollars but it's still it's just the excitement of it not knowing what's going to happen and then boom you know the next thing you see you see whatever card that you're looking for you know whether it's a cool insert or a lamello rookie whatever the the goal target is you know a luca or whatever and that's that's the cool part of it that's the thrill that's i've been i, I never thought i'd be watching youtuber i think you you uh reference pac-man for me i've been watching random yeah. videos here and there and it's just yeah it's it's so entrancing <laughs> it's just yeah. watching him go through these packs man uh, i don't know a lot of memories yeah yeah i don't know david like i don't know if you've watched like pac-man or other other like card breakers i know you've watched us but what mm-hmm. kind of what kind of feeling does like how does it feel to watch on the sidelines man Mm-hmm. No, it's great. I mean, just like I say, it brings back a lot of memories too. You know, mm-hmm. and and that that thrill, like when you when you flip over, it's like, yeah. bam! It's just like you did the other day, right? It's like, yeah. The middle, it's like it's like it's like you know, you hit the jackpot, <laughs> even though it's probably like a hundred, two hundred bucks, whatever it's worth, you know. But you never know down down the road, you know. If you yeah. work your year, you never know. It could be worth thousands of dollars. It could so, be. It legit so, could be. Yeah, I mean. That, I think that's what's so interesting about the hobby, just because like what we were, what we did like what thirty years ago, twenty five years ago, when we were getting into this cards, it's like a lot of these concepts of like business and investing are kind of, you know, entrenched into this whole card collecting thing. Mm. Like maybe we weren't thinking about it the same way back in the day, and we just wanted the cool cards. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. At least for me, like when I thought about it back then, like you know, there was this idea of like having something that is rare which means Mm -hmm. that there's high demand just because there's low supply and that it could quote unquote pay off Mm -hmm. down the line now you know obviously for a while (laughs) that that wasn't the case that's why we hid all of our cards just you know underneath the ground pretty much Mm -hmm. just because the market became flooded with this kind of stuff but it Mm -hmm. i don't know the the flip switched well, I can say for myself, 
now as an adult, it's different, right? You, you, you kind of focus on the business, the economics of it. it. It's part of the equation. But when we were young, like we weren't collecting this to... It, what we were collecting is for exclusivity, right? Like the rarity of the card. You didn't really care how much... I never cared how much it would be worth later because the process of knowing how much the card's worth was actually really painful back in the day. Like you would have to look up like... What's that guy, the Beckett? Beckett. Beckett. Yeah. It's super annoying. Like, and they publish that like every I don't know how how often they publish monthly, 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 right? Yeah. Monthly. And it now, was in a magazine format that you yeah. get at the store. I remember looking through that thing, looking at oh, what was my my Kobe worth or whatever, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool, it's worth like freaking ten bucks or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> Ten bucks was a lot back. In no, the no, day, it yeah. was a lot back. In the day. But now we're talking about thousands, if not more, and you know, there's a whole. And you can find that out instantly just looking at the resale value of it. You don't have to look at a guide anymore. You just because the market is so dictated right away that it's like stocks. You just go on this resale sites, whether it's eBay or whatever else you're looking at, and yeah. boom, you know, like right away on average what that card is going for for the given grade or whatever that you'll get for it. But yeah, that's mm-hmm. the wild part. Now it's like you add that into the equation, and as an adult, your mind is freaking racing, dude. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Yeah, back in the day, it was pretty much for bragging rights, right? It's like, yeah, yeah I pulled yeah. a Kobe, you yeah. know? But, and it was like, I used to go to, what, like, Save-Ons, whenever Save-Ons mm-hmm. still around, and then check, you know, go to the magazine section, just like you, you know, check out, <laughs> checking out. Hey, bro, you, you, just dated, you just dated yourself, Save-On. <laughs> you just yeah, totally dated yourself. so long yourself. ago. It's been a long time, but, but that was fun, though. It's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I, I think like with the advent of the internet, like information mm-hmm. has has been you know so much more accessible that like the market is alive. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like mm-hmm. before, you needed to wait that next month to see whether or not that Kobe rookie card increased in value or not. Mm-hmm. But now you you have real time analytics, mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much that tell you like, hey, you know. You know, if Jordan Poole had like a, a hot streak of three games, yeah. you know, his card could, you know, value, uh, card value could, you know, double up overnight. We saw this with THT, yeah. you know, yeah. in the preseason, right? Like, it's a little bit bonkers. Mm-hmm. But it kind of is a little bit fun, too, though. Yeah, you know? that's why you got we got to give credit to someone like Al. Like, he's so keen on the, what the market is. Like, he's probably moving cards here and there real quick based on you know these stocks going up and down like THT has a good stretch two three games he's probably moving that card again I'm, i don't want to speak for al but i do feel like yeah he's just has that hustle to him you know he's he's so smart and savvy with this stuff and we're just like oh <laughs> you, speaking of uh you know being noob on this like one thing that really wasn't kind of like in my knowledge base prior mm-hmm. to coming back into the hobby was this whole pro this whole concept of grading cards. Oh yeah. Like I mm-hmm. knew about like grading, like, you know, like an arm's length before, but mm-hmm. I didn't know that it was such a crucial component in terms of like the market value of yeah. cards. Yeah. I don't know if what you guys knew about it beforehand. I, I I didn't know much personally. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, we're we're still young, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, we had no money to grade any cards. You know, we yeah, just put yeah. it in a sleeve and just kept it under my pillow. <laughs> That's yeah. pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, so, but so, but I mean, nowadays you gotta pretty much get a get a ten, right? You gotta gotta get a PSA ten for something to be worth thousands. Yeah, even right. So yeah. So to the untrained collector, basically grading is sort of like a scoring system. That's mm-hmm. sort of. Um, I guess governed by like these 
I don't know, there's like a big two, big three of mm-hmm. like grading companies that essentially kind of um, evaluate cards to see how well they, you know, how in what condition they are. Mm-hmm. There's, I, I mean, I can't, I'm not even doing it justice in terms of what variables they look for. They mm-hmm. look at centering, they yeah. look at how sharp the corners mm-hmm. are. They look at like gloss. I don't even yeah. know what they look for in terms of that. But there's like a, a lot of parameters that they kind of evaluate a card. Basically, it's just like you can have a rare card, but it could be even rarer if the if it is essentially a you know a Goldilocks a Goldilocks card, mm-hmm. a, un, a unicorn card, which mm-hmm. pretty much just hits all you know hits A grades on all of those 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 variables mm-hmm. and. You know, you can have a card that's raw, like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a Luca rookie card could be, you know, a couple of hundred dollars at this point. But mm-hmm. if you have it graded and graded high, yeah, that could increase the price to, you know, tenfold, if not mm-hmm. 20fold or even more. So it really just increases like the, you know, the value of a card if you have it graded. And the process of submitting a card is is not just like, hey, you just give it to this company, you get it back in a week. I mean, I guess you could if you pay a hefty price, but you got to be sure your card is going to grade well, and it's also worth a lot to be spending that much to grade a card. I, I mean, I don't know, JC, if you can give a little insight on how much on average it would cost, let's say, to just put your card in there without expedited um, service. Yeah. I, think, I think it'll take like, if you were to do just a normal service, it takes a year to get back a card. It's, yeah, it's yeah. crazy, a year. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, gi- given the uh, the demand for the service, like <laughs> it's just like waiting for cards outside the Target. Like, there's a queue to get your cards graded, <laughs> mm. and like a regular service to send to PSA, which is, I guess, one of the bigger, I guess, grading companies out there. It's mm-hmm. the one that's most known outside of Beckett. Mm-hmm. Um, is a year. So you send something out, you wow. know, right now, you're gonna get it back in 2022, bro. Um, it's crazy. And it costs about what? About fifteen to twenty dollars to get a card graded. Mm-hmm. Um there are a couple of uh, I guess shops out there who have uh, sort of like established uh, relationships mm-hmm. with these grading companies mm-hmm. and they have like sort of like an upgrade quote unquote first class sort of um you know service that they have. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh you have to pay a premium for that and that could easily be, you know, five times you know, to 10 times the cost of that, easily over $100 mm-hmm. to send something mm-hmm. uh, expedited. And, you know, that, I mean, that's still going to take you, you know, what, eight weeks minimum mm-hmm. to get that. Um, so, you know, there's sort of like a risk or reward component to grading, right? You could pull something out of a pack so fresh that it's, you know, it has everything that you think could consider, uh, could be considered for a, a gem mint, you know, or a perfect card, but you still won't know what you're getting until you get it back from the grading company. You also got to have a lot of trust. Um, Dave and I, 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 I'll speak for Dave and I, we're the type of person, people that once you, you know, you submit your card, there's no like tracking number for it. <laughs> you know, you can't like check online to be like, oh, PSA has it in the system. And in two weeks, they're going to have somebody handling it. In three, four, five weeks, they're going to like get moved to the next day. Just literally just throw it in there and you'll get it back when you get it back. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's a little bit. Uh, you gotta have a lot of trust. That's a lot, a little scary there. Yeah, it is, man. Really especially scary. if it's like you're like rare card, dude. Like you're like holding on to this like your entire freaking childhood, and you're like, okay, 
I'm going to finally submit it to grade <laughs> and let's see what, what happens. You're like, uh, I guess they'll just tell me. I don't know. I don't, I'm sure they'll tell you when they ship it back to you. But yeah. yeah, it could be, I guess, as you said, it could it could be a year. But if you do expedite it, it's minimum eight weeks. But you don't even know. It could be freaking 12 weeks. Dude, 10 grading, weeks. Grading is so crazy that I've ha- I've seen people online unbox or uh, unbox their grading uh whatever we're grading wow. lot oh my God. basically they're just like yeah you know i'm you know i'm hoping that i can get a 10 here and they're you know they're not sure what they're getting oh, and they would man. get upset so it's just like the collecting hobby has gotten so layered it's actually really really fascinating you know mm-hmm. what i mean it's just like it's gotten so deep um and it's i don't know man uh we asked al this um you know when we first recorded and i, I wish we'd listened closer because we, we we were we were curious right we we thought about it but we never really got into it but like like it, i mean it's just it's gotten to be such a big business right now that it's there, know, man. there's actually another layer to collecting and this is another reason we brought on david aside from him sharing his collection with us it's top shot <laughs> now we're talking about digital collectibles card collectibles essentially <laughs> and dave and i were actually talking about this a lot off mic obviously and we've been talking about getting into top shot it's actually not that easy to get into you have to create an account with top shot and right now there's a waiting list for it i mean jc you, you can't even create an account right now you're on a waiting yeah. list right yeah and yeah this is why we brought on david david actually has some cards and he actually opened up a top shot pack on our IG, we did, we IG liked it. So if you want to check it out, it's Ball versus Life official. You can actually watch the vid of David unboxing it, or I don't know if it's unboxing, unrevealing, uh, revealing, ripping, it? Uh, ripping, ripping it. yeah, ripping. It. <laughs> ripping. It's, it's just weird to <laughs> say <ripping>. digital, <laughs> virtual ripping a pack, but it's actually really dope. Um, I, David, you can give us some insight on how, yeah, you just got into it. I mean, you uh, actually, you you were the first one actually introduced me to that, right? Because uh, there was it was like a moment they call moments, right? Instead yeah. of cards, a moment of LeBron that that sold for what like thirty grand or or fifty grand, something like that. Whoa. So I was like, wow, that's amazing. So I just had to check it out. So um, I was like, I'm busy. I was like, JC, I had to get on a wait list just to mm-hmm. sign an account. So I was shocked, and you know, at that time, wasn't too into it. Mm-hmm. But then I got an email saying, you know, I, I was able to join, so I did that, and uh, just wait, because uh, all the packs are literally sold out within, like, within an hour. How was your first um, experience with the first pack you tried to get? I think it was an All Star pack. Yeah. So after I signed up, the first one that became available was the All Star for this year, mm-hmm. uh, All Star pack, and uh, it's basically you just join a weight room. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the specific time um, that they tell you, um, but since Top Shots is still in beta right now, yeah. so they actually postponed the the the, uh, the waitlist like two two three times. It was kind of a mess, dude. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was a mess because people were you know making the time just to yeah. get in the waitlist the wait room, but they couldn't. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, but after it worked out, I mean, I I joined the wait room. Um, I I didn't get the pack. I I didn't get it. It was limited to. I believe forty thousand mm-hmm. packs, um, but I was like one hundred and forty thousand <laughs> in the in the list, so obviously I didn't get it. Um, but you know, it it was it was an experience. Um, 
I did I did get it on the second try though. Nice. Um, but it wasn't was, the all-star pack though. It wasn't the all-star pack. It was just it was a common pack. Mm-hmm. Or just regular moments. Uh, but no, it was uh, the cool cats pack. Cool cats, but yeah. but it was still considered a common pack. Oh, okay, it, it wasn't right. like a rare. Oh yeah, pack yeah, like no, the all star. No. So, um, so yeah, I joined that, and I was lucky enough to, you know, secure one, uh, which is, like you said, we we opened it together live on IG that day. But it was really exciting. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah, the the good part about it is once you get in the weight room, then they tell you right away like what number you're at, yeah. and then you can just come back, or they can they'll send you a note a notice uh, when when you're up in line. So you don't technically have to sit on your computer for like 30 minutes, you know, to, to actually buy the pack. So that's a good part. And the second thing is um, it, everything is, is supposedly random, right? Mm-hmm. Everybody in the, in the, in the weight room has an equal chance of getting it, uh, getting, getting a pack because it, they randomize. It's not, it's not first come, first serve. Yeah. Um, just, it's just whoever is in there, you get randomly assigned a number. And if you're less than the number of pack available, you're most likely going to secure a pack. So, so that's the good part about it. There, there's actually a couple of layers to this, right? There, there's the first layer, which is, as David said, it's easier to access and get top shot in the sense that you don't have to go to a physical store, right? You don't have to go to a hobby shop. You don't have to go to Target and Walmart and, and camp out essentially, right? That's really difficult if you have a normal job. Let's just be real, yeah, right? Yeah. And yeah. so th- that part of it, makes it quote-unquote easier it's still hard because you have one in eight one in ten chance when you're there but you know right away so but the other layer to it is do you believe in this digital collectible future right we talked about this a lot jc you and i have been chatting about this it's like this is completely new you know even the technology behind it is completely new yeah i think they call it yeah they call it nft Mm -hmm. which nft yeah not non-fungible token yes yeah correct so not non fungible like fungible i'm assuming is like like tangible it's kind of it sounds like tangible so like it's not it's not solid i guess this way and i I guess the token is kind of associated with like the whole concept of like Mm -hmm. blockchain yes essentially it just can be authenticated through blockchain technology like it can't be tampered with according to this technology i mean again i'm not well versed into it but Mm. from my rudimentary understanding but a lot of art is actually being um authenticated through that digital art so yeah yeah so a lot of people are selling art like artists are selling their digital art through nft technology and it's just like of that art that they created it's the one and only like you cannot duplicate it like through blockchain technology everybody knows that that is the original you know, it can't be copied. So, which is wild. Like, this is what Top Shot is doing, essentially. Like, they're creating a limited supply of, let's say, LeBron dunking on um, Nurkic or something like that. And it's only 10 ever made. And you can authenticate that. You can, you can actually prove that's the only, those are the 10. And that's why pe- the market is insane. Because, you know, again, we talked about this on the side. Like, how real is this? It's yeah. real in the sense that the NBA and Top Shot two big companies are authenticating all this stuff and also putting a lot of PR into it through the, through their own MBA players and stuff like that and marketing. But mm. they're all, these moments are all there. No, there's nothing unique about them, right? Yeah. Like, like you can get a, a video clip of that and just watch it over and over in a GIF form. 
it's the same thing but is it packaged in the way that top shot is doing no it's not but that's the whole value of it right <laughs> yeah. mm -hmm. i i guess what maybe call me old school and i mean obviously i'm in queue to get an account too because i'm curious but like <laughs> i've been kind of playing devil's advocate for for us in the group chat just because maybe i'm a little bit knee deeper into like the traditional card thing mm -hmm. um but like yeah so we're like what differ uh, i guess what i'm trying to understand is like what differentiates it from like a gif that you can kind of just see or a youtube video like why why is it considered more quote unquote valuable than just a regular you know a regular clip that you can see you know on the internet i mean to me it comes down to branding like because top shot owns a top shot in the nba owns this kind of blockchain or nft production of these these moments as they call it it's they brand it they also market it and they, it creates value in it it's like cards right like certain yeah. card brands are more valuable some other card yeah. brand might produce a kobe card but why is let's say upper deck i know upper deck is old but i'm that's how old i am upper yeah. deck and skybox yeah. or whatever right yeah. like why is upper deck more valuable than skybox it's only because the card they're producing for some reason, the market, the people value it more. Yeah. So it's it, licensed by the NBA. They have a partnership. Exactly. They can have exclusive sort of releases, mm -hmm. signatures, autos that you can get from from that sort of partnership, which adds a little bit more of like a legitimacy, right? You, mm -hmm. you know, it's just like it's not. It's more authentic, right? Yeah. They're selling. They're selling authenticity. To, and it comes to down to I think Top Shot and NBA own a monopoly over it right now. Like, there's no other competing company that's making these moments. Like, at least with cards, there's competing companies. Like, you can... Panini's one brand, and there's a... There must Panini be a, is pretty much a monopoly. They just I guess they do have a... <laughs> that's why Panini's killing it, right? That's, that's what I'm saying. But I know what you mean, right? Like, what's preventing, you know, I don't know. It's, you know, Google from printing out their own yeah. cards on cardboard paper for that. But yeah, that's that's interesting, and I think the whole blockchain component provides this sort of um, this concept of like um, a finite amount being available, mm -hmm. right? Which mm -hmm. which harkens back to the exclusivity. Mm -hmm. I think that's what I was still trying to understand. Is just like if there's like a LeBron dunk moment, do you, mm -hmm. is there only one owner of that moment, or do people own like one one hundredth of that moment? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Like only a hundred people can own that moment. Like, is that what determines rarity? I think I think just based on the class the class of the cards, like a rare card could be limited to like ten thousand of the same moment. But then they have like a series numbers, you know, kind of a like card number for that same moment. Mm -hmm. So, from the you know whatever I found out so far, if you have the less, uh, if you get the first moment, like number one, series one. Um, then that's worth exponentially more than the 10,000th uh, copy of that same moment, you know? Mm. Yeah, so... It's just interesting to me because the the reason why we love cards so much because it's a physical product, right? Like, being old school, you want something in your hand. That's what you're used to. But mm -hmm. now, with the digital age, people are showing their collections in a different way. Like... If, for example, like, dude, I got this dope moment. Like, I'm just going to show you on my phone. Like, for us, it's such a, it's a hard sell because I'm like, I need to actually, like, pull out my card and then have it in the top loader and the sleeve 
And like when I show it to you, I'm like, oh shit, man, you're actually holding on to it. But I think kids nowadays, I don't think that's actually that necessary. Like it's just all on their phone or all on whatever their computer. And that's yeah. just how they display their collection. Of, yeah. It's like us bringing out our, our books with, you know, in our sleeves and all that stuff. It's all in that, you know, the card collector book or whatever you want to call it. And mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, it, it's just... It's just hard for me to really process it, but I see the utility in it. I mean, obviously, that's why I have a Top Shot account that I'm like, shoot, I'm trying to get into, like, trying to become, into get into the future. You're trying to diversify. That's yeah. what you try to do. No. You know what I mean? Well, I guess for me, it's just like, uh, yeah, it, it, it's learning to evolve uh, with the current times, right, mm-hmm. in terms of what, what is deemed sort of, like, collectible. Mm-hmm. But I'm still not completely in full understanding of like the collectability of it mm-hmm. i guess maybe for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. uh like i'm old school just because i get a lot of utility from the ripping packs mm-hmm. as you've seen mm-hmm. in, uh, in, in on our igtv that's part of it right like mm-hmm. there's a certain feeling mm-hmm. that you get like when you're literally touching something with a from buying that thing so there's a story that's involved with actually acquiring the pack mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. There's a mystery, not knowing what's within the pack, and the the process of actually being able to rip the pack and seeing what's there, right? So all of that is kind of lost mm-hmm. with the whole kind of ripping of Top Shot. Yes, they try to they try to do the same thing, like they have this pack, quote unquote, and there's like a little bit of anticipation when you have that little square that's kind well, of well. Let's ugly. ask David. David is actually yeah. the one that actually ripped open. <laughs> ripped open that's yeah, how he's that? using these terms and <laughs> ripped open. i don't know i think he it's just, transferable he virtually it's ripped transferable. yeah yeah so how was what was the yeah, feeling how... compared to i mean i know it's been a long time since you ripped a physical pack of cards right. but yeah just trying to channel your younger self how was doing it vir- doing the virtual version on top shot uh i would say it's pretty comparable surprisingly oh, wow. you know considering i'm pretty old school too you know but you know i was definitely excited to get to to get in line and actually get a pack right mm-hmm. and when i opened it i mean it's the first one i don't know about the second pack if i actually <laughs> get a chance to get a second one but the first one i was definitely excited because um, i didn't know what to expect you know it's mm-hmm. it's just totally new concept mm-hmm. um and i mean us all being nba fans i mean this uh, i just thought it was pretty cool and get my feet wet right i mean when it's still new uh try to try to get some moments to see where it goes you know i <laughs> I'm actually pretty. I'm starting to get more sold on Top Shot. Like seeing the experience that David had, when you rip open a card, it's super dope to see the image, right? And you're like, oh, it's Sean Kemp dunking on whatever, right? Um, mm-hmm. But when you see a moment, you actually see the actual moment. Like you see the clip of Jordan dunking on Ewing. You know, like that mm-hmm. isn't how intense is that when you actually see that. And you get it in that form. And you're like, oh, dude, there's only freaking 10 of that shit made. And holy crap, you're like, your mind is blown. And you can just watch that shit over and over and over and over, that dunk. And just know that you own that little piece of history. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. versus just a card, it's just a picture. Like, it's dope. Yeah. It's dope as hell. But it's just so different, the feeling that you you get, you know? You're like living the moment again. Yeah, yeah. Sort of, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Kobe hitting a, a freaking buzzer beater. How crazy it is to get that? You know, and no, like only 20s made. And you're like, oh, my God. You know, if you're a Kobe fan versus like, yeah. hey, Kobe rookie. Cool, man. I got a Kobe rookie. Shit. That's 
I, I mean, I have a Kobe rookie. I'll post it <laughs> up. But yeah, like it's just a different feeling. I'm not, I'm not saying one is better than the other, but I can see the value in what David kind of experienced. And he didn't get a crazy moment either. You know, it's just. Yeah. But if you do, yeah. if you hit on that, oh my god. Yeah. yeah, that's the thing though. It's just like you could see that highlight if you just search for it. It's it's mm-hmm. fairly accessible as mm-hmm. opposed to a, 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 a tangible card <laughs> that not everybody. Like you could, I guess you could see pictures. Yeah, of dude, it. dude. I you guess go on, you'll go online and search Kobe. Yeah, you could know, game seven shot over Steve Nash or some shit like that. You get a JPEG file. Download JPEG file. Yeah, just download it. And just <laughs> print, cut it, print out, it out man. for yourself. Put it on a piece of cardboard. <laughs> <laughs> make it your, make it your uh, screensaver or your background on your computer. I guess that's 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 one way to think about it. Yeah, I, I mean, I can. The more that we talk about it, I can, mm. I can. I'm trying to understand it mm. a little bit better in terms of the value that that it is, and I think the blockchain kind of gives this more finite idea. Because mm. the thing is, it's like with cards, you know, Panini could just print out new ones if they yeah. really wanted to. Yeah. Now, the old ones, mm. I don't know if anybody can do that. You That's know true. what I mean? Yeah. Like the the vintage ones, mm-hmm. you know. Those are long gone, man. They can't. They could try to reprint it, but like the original, original ones. Mm-hmm. Those are the ones that you could see. But yeah, man, it'll be interesting to see how Top Shot kind of competes with the actual physical product. Yeah. You know, Panini right now. I actually think that they are trying to do something NFT related. Whoa. Um, hmm. We need to do a little bit more research on that, but I think they are kind of taking a, a gander at the space because they, they they understand that, you know, this is something that could be next in line. Mm. But I don't know, man. It's just like, maybe it's just me being old school, mm. but it's just like, it's like, yeah, I mean, I don't want to be like the old man yelling at the cloud kind of deal, but it's just like, <laughs> it's like, you know, like, I don't want to, I don't want to own a moment that i didn't see live you know what i mean Mm. like you know what i mean it's just like it's like immediate gratification instant gratification if you just kind of get something like there's Mm. something about me seeing that michael jordan highlight wearing the 45 uh where he he scored a double nickel with against the knicks Mm. having that physical card and knowing that i actually watched that live as opposed to a top shot that there's so much other stuff that people can watch right now and you know, I don't know if people actually watch the games that these moments are from. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So there's just you know kind of argument to that, but I see the, the, the I see the I see why it's uh, it's gaining traction for sure. I think it'll be. I think there's room for both. Obviously, you know there there's a market for both because they're both different. Um, yeah, it's the same. It's around the same sport. We're talking about NBA right now, but. It's it's there's room for both and we'll see how it grows. It'll be really interesting. I mean, it's really new as as David mentioned earlier. It's in beta still, so mm-hmm. as things develop, as they fine tune their product and understand the the demo of people that are interested in their product, it'll be interesting how they move forward with it. And right now, since it's in beta, we're still just yeah, we're we're seeing the market just blow up because there's such limit to it now that. The market itself, when you get one of these things, you can literally turn, you know, a moment into a couple thousand dollars just like that. That's crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But mean. but you, you can think about it once once you know it, it opens up to the public, mm-hmm. all these moments are not going to be available because they're not going to reprint it again, yeah. right? Or 
quote unquote reprint it again. Mm-hmm. So the value might just go that much higher. Yeah. You never know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's the game we play, right? With it, and it's yeah. and it, I think I talk to JC about this all the time. At the heart of it, you know, the money does drive the interest, but as a collector, it's we have knowledge of the NBA and we still follow the NBA, even though yes, we got into it when we were young. We we talk about the NBA all the time between us three. So just using that knowledge to understand these, actually understanding the moment that you're getting, that's the value that we, we get. Yeah. You know, it's not like, yeah. oh yeah, we see this random moment, we don't understand it. We're like, oh, whatever. It's like, you, you we kind of probably have heard of that moment or now that we're, even if we haven't, we can become educated really quick. You know, like, oh yeah, that's, you know, that was a regular season game when, you know, Goran Dragic, Dragic like hit that layup or whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> So it's just kind of cool, cool to get more educated on on the on a product that we already are severely invested in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just that much cooler. But yeah, let, let's um let's wind down with this podcast. You know, to finish out this podcast, we gotta talk Lakers. You know, because because our boy David is a huge Laker fan. You know, David yep. and I have watched many playoff games growing up had that excitement of winning the titles and the lows of really shitty years, Kobe getting telling his Achilles and all that stuff. But yeah, let's talk about this year, man. Let's just talk about, let's just get right into it. Drummond is a Laker, man. Yeah. And he's your fantasy, dude. He's your fantasy boy. So this is this is uh this is perfect for you, man. This is the this ideal is situation. Win-win. Yeah, yeah. How do you feel uh, about it? Man, I feel great. I mean, this this has been a tough year for us yeah. uh with LeBron and AD going down. You know, mm-hmm. we, we we need some uh, another veteran to come in and and kind of give us a life again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm very excited. <laughs> JC, do you hate this? <laughs> yeah, I've been hating this season, man. Jeez, you've seen it in the text thread. Yeah. Like David was trying to be optimistic <laughs> about some of the Warrior games, and I was just like, just watch, like, just watch. I'm back, I, I'm back to my 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 old school Warrior ways. But um, uh, in terms of the Lakers and Drummond, I, I mean, it seems like it was telegraphed. It seems like he was always in play, and they were mm-hmm. his target. I think the Lakers are trying to be in survive mode yeah. right now, while the while the For big sure. boys are are getting some rest, and mm-hmm. hopefully they'll be back soon. Um, I'm kind of curious in terms of you know. Like, is he starting? Is I mean, who would you rather have? Dwight Howard last year or Drummond right now? Like, what, what does Drummond bring to the table? Well, I can tell you right now, Drummond is going to start. He wouldn't sign with us if he wasn't guaranteed a starting spot. <laughs> I mean, this, this man is trying to get paid next year. Like, that, first and foremost, he's, he's going to be a free agent next year. This is probably one of his last biggest contracts he can get. So he wouldn't go to a team unless they, he, they talk to him and he's, he's going to get minutes. And there's a reason why he's here, probably because LeBron and AD are hurt for, looks like, a couple more weeks, man. So it's going to be tough trading. So the Lakers are going to, he's going to be able to put up a lot of stats because we need him to. And as far as Dwight and Drummond, it's totally different. I mean, Drummond is a better player right now in terms of age and production, but if you're talking about playoff impact and playoff experience, Dwight probably has that a little bit more, you know, and defensive ability, you know, uh, probably give Dwight a little bit more, right? Right, David? I mean, his, he's but, he's a former three-time defensive player of the year or something like that, right? But if you're comparing Drummond of today mm. and Dwight of today, mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, Drummond is, you know, he's, he's pretty gangster. Yeah, yeah he is, he is. <laughs> He's pretty crazy at a shot He's blocking. a rebounding machine. Mm. Yeah, Bye. yeah, his I think he's a he's a league leader the last couple of seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and he averaged what one at least one or two blocks easy. Yeah, um, 
Yeah. And as the so. Lakers, we just miss having an athletic big. Like losing McGee and Dwight. I mean, Mark Mas- Mark Gasol, he's just he's just older now. Like he he's he has good instincts. He knows what to do, but his age and his physicality and his mobility is not really there. And Drummond kind of gives that boost that we need, especially with AD out. I mean, if AD was healthy, I don't think this would be as big of an issue because AD's AD's AD, all right. <laughs> the unibrow, yeah. he's the mm-hmm. one of the best defensive players in the league, if not the best. So yeah, this dude, we need this boost bad. We need to tread water. I I think if we didn't get this move. We might even move down to seventh or eighth in the West. The play-in, oh, yeah, wow. the play-in, right? Never know. Oh, yeah, geez. we went on a four-game losing streak with, I mean, without yeah. LeBron and AD, obviously. I mean, it's it's brutal, man. The West just got tougher. <laughs> Cry me a river. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Steph, Steph is hurt, man. Look, look when you exactly. got your stars hurt, there's it's just you can't. It's hard to survive, dude. It's just how are you exactly. gonna win games in the West if your star is hurt? It's just not gonna yeah. happen. It's a star-driven league, right? Oh yeah. With, yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's why. Guys that's had... why Drummond is important, man. He's a star. <laughs> he is a star. He is a. He is definitely. But a I'll tell you this, man. Move. Drummond has not proven to be a winner. He 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 can put up stats. He's a physical specimen. But is he a winner? And guys like us, we've watched the game for a long time. People can put up stats on a bad team, but doesn't make you a winner. <laughs> and LeBron has proven that. You, you know, these sometimes empty stats doesn't like just because you put up stats doesn't make you like be able to make your teammates better, you know, in the way that you, you produce wins. So that's that's the thing. Hopefully with Drummond, like he can prove that on this team he can be a winner and also put up stats. That's what I'm excited to see. I think the first time he's actually been a legit good team though mm-hmm. right i mean he was on the pistons and cleveland i mean yeah, let's, yeah. let's be real here i mean they you know they weren't going anywhere right so hopefully i mean if we get lebron back and uh to play with drummond and hopefully ad comes back soon too mm-hmm. uh we make a run back to the top in the west i'll tell you what if we're all healthy scary man lakers are scary with drummond very scary. I don't know, man. That that team in black over in uh, Brooklyn Ooh. is stacking right. up with a lot of a uh, lot of players themselves. Seems like they picked up Lamarcus Aldridge, Blake Griffin. Oh my Jeez, god, dude. man! Holy crap! It's a stacked team. You know, I, I've been seeing a lot of memes about David Stern if he was alive. Like, you know, how he vetoed the CP3 trade because of yeah. basketball reasons. And now look what the NBA is, man. It's like completely unfair, dude. <laughs> It's all stacking. Right? Yeah, I know. It's completely <laughs> stacking. You have these buyouts, these guys that obviously were former all-stars, like joining like super juggernaut teams. It's it's wild. It's wild. <laughs> crazy, crazy. I wish my team was in the mix for any of these names. You, <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you what. Uh, things can change quick, though. If your team proves to be healthy in title contention, these, these buyout candidates that are former all-stars or, or looking for ring chasing – they'll come but you have to be able to put up the wins you know like you have to be able to put up the super team meaning like clay steph and dre when they're healthy and they can recruit these guys and prove that they're going to be healthy they'll come for sure man i don't know man we've uh, had an opportunity with dre and steph Mm. this year and uh you know we had a couple of good games but it still hasn't really proven to be you know much of a difference maker Mm -hmm. i mean so we'll see how much of a difference Clay makes next year. But I've gotten really, really skeptical uh, these past couple months. Steph has looked really good this year, though. When he's healthy, obviously. 
I mean, yeah. So that's no the thing. That's that. a yeah. That's the big. Uh, that's a big question mark. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets like a butt injury, mm-hmm. and then we're <laughs> back to last year's uh, Warriors, which you know got the number two pick. Speaking of the number two pick, mm-hmm. I don't know what you guys have seen, but mm-hmm. he really hasn't developed that well, mm-hmm. especially seeing how successful uh, Lamelo and Anthony Edwards have been yeah. so my investment in james wiseman rookie cards looking pretty pretty bad right now hey man <laughs> hey as dal said so you gotta buy the stock when it's low <laughs> <laughs> low right That's now true. man so buy it up yeah buy it up That's now a good, man. Tip. <laughs> good tip so yep. we'll see what happens with wiseman i mean it's still early um yeah. and, and you know he's gonna struggle and as a warrior fan i think the struggles feel even more heightened you know as yeah. as the ca- like not the casual fan but as the outsider I see the struggle. I think it's just the learning curve is, is really is really big. And we've been talking about this a lot. I mean, big men develop more slowly. Guys like Lamelo, like he's been... He, first of all, he played professionally. And he's been having the ball in his hands for a long time. So this kid, again, nothing was guaranteed. But he was kind of tailor-made to have a, a running start. You know, especially on a, on a team that was not supposed to be good. You know, but now, obviously, he's a, outside of the wrist injury. Dude, he's electrifying. <laughs> so that's why when you pulled that Lamelo rookie, baby, we hit it. <laughs> hey, even Al exactly. called it. Dude, the centering of that car looks yeah. pretty sweet. <laughs> Man, that was a good pull. That was a good pull. I know. I know. And uh, you hit an Anthony Edwards rookie. Hey, people yeah. who are listening to this, watch our IGTV. Oh, it was yeah, sweet. <laughs> that was that was the one not to miss right there. Uh, call me, call me the Oracle. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you did. You did call I did it. Call, I did. did. I called so, a Trey Young card too. I called like a bunch yeah, of cards. Yeah, you did call a bunch of cards, man. So what uh, are you calling for uh, for the Lakers NBA Finals with Drummond? Hell yeah, we're winning the chip, baby. For sure. <laughs> for sure. But you know what? I I think for now I'll just stick to the rip the the the, the wax the, wait the wax button. Wednesdays. I'll just stick to wax yeah, Wednesday. Wax we'll, we'll keep the good juju going. All right. Let's not, let's not jinx it. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to jinx it. So, so you know, to end this podcast, since we're running a little overtime, check us out Wax Wednesdays on our IG Ball versus Life official. We rip cards, whip wax, and tune into that. And you know, David's always look. David might be I'll part be of it anytime he gets a top shot, dude. We're having right. him rip with. He he's, he's gonna be on our on our IGTV. Cool. Live. Whoever is lucky enough, right? Any one of us yeah, is lucky man. enough to get one. Yeah. Yeah, We're ripping that exactly. life. <laughs> it's so if Jack fun. Gets lucky at, if Jack gets lucky at Target, we open a Hell like, yeah. Donruss or yeah. something like that. Straight, straight <laughs> to IG Live from Target. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> so thank you, David, uh, for joining us. We really appreciate it. Hey, thanks you for know, having me. Yeah, like sharing this your experience. This is fun. Yep, yep. Hopefully we get a we all get some good luck soon, right? Yeah. This is this is the trifecta now, man. We're all in, all us rooks. We're gonna become vets eventually, you know. Yeah, man. We got it all covered: yeah. old school, vintage, new school, uh, fungible, and non fungible. Yeah, <laughs> fungible. <laughs> got it. <laughs> so thank you for tuning in, and I'm glad that we're back. And we, you know, we plan to get those two past episodes recorded that weren't able to come out. We'll come out with them soon. So. Stay safe, get your vaccine, and we can all party, baby. We can rip packs together. Yep. <laughs> all right, peace. All right, peace, peace out, guys. <laughs>